Welcome to the Conditional Relief Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crimps and con artists. We don't like these people in the shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction and mock them mercilessly, take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and today we are looking at the epidemic of lawsuit crowdfunding off the back of policies born from the pandemic. I mean, no jab, no pay policies are making anti-vaxxers shit themselves. They're convinced the jab's going to kill them, and preferring to keep their job through this weird time, lawyers have seized upon the opportunity to save them from career collapse in the courts. Mm. Bless the legal fraternity. They are the mm. unsung heroes of the <laughs> pandemic. They truly are. Fuck the nurses. Yes, Joe, it's been a lawyer's picnic. A, a smorgasbord even <laughs> as of late, but it's a little more complex than some people realise. You can't just point a lawyer at a law and change it. And while lawyers are ethically and legally obliged to only take cases with a chance of success, we are seeing pretty wild plans coming from crowdfunding lawyers promising to abolish all vaccine requirements so anti-vaxxer plague rats can spread COVID to their co-workers, patients and clients, just like nature intended. Oh, these idiots certainly do love nature. They go on and on and on about it, but I have absolutely no idea why. Nature is awful. I mean, as Hobbes famously said, life in nature is solitary, poor, nasty, brutish and short. (laughs) Sounds a lot like anti-vaxxers. Tough, tough gig. It is a tough gig, which is, funnily enough, an excellent way to describe this week's conditional release program, Weekly News. And in breaking news as we record today, late on Saturday night, August 28, emergency services responded to reports of a fire at a Laverty pathology clinic in St Mary's in Western Sydney. Uh Police found a demountable building in flames, which was extinguished by Fire and Rescue New South Wales, while graffiti was found on a separate building. Mm. Now, the cause of the fire is not yet determined. However, it is being treated as suspicious. I would say this is a straight-out case of arson. Yeah, it doesn't because feel Because across the car park, COVID-defying messages were spray-painted on a building. The series of messages read, COVID-19 is a lie. People, wake up now. Blah, blah, Sheeple. blah. Yeah, I didn't say that. People wake up now. Fight the system. Revolt. COVID equals lies. Fight the government. Refuse control. Fuck the system. Fuck Gladys. That's not very nice. I mean, that sounds like something I would write if I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah, it's young. It's it's definitely got a smack of kids about it. It does. You should be laughing. It's bloody arson. It is. Uh, Basically uh, terrorism. Look, uh, Detective Inspector Jason Petrushka said the messages were ridiculous, Ah. e.g. absurd. Uh, Police on scene, he said, noticed anti-government and anti-COVID sentiment that had been spray-painted on various buildings within that same testing clinic. Mm-hmm. Bit of a clue. Police investigations are continuing, but this is a dark escalation of extremist elements in the anti-vax, anti-lockdown movement. And no one was hurt this time, but we are starting to drift into acts of terrorism here. Social, psychological, emotional sort of terrorism. And where are the good people of St Mary's going to get tested now? They'll have to Mm. travel further and further. And and anyway, we will call this stuff every time, and that's why we're here, Joe. And in big news this week, former Liberal Party MP turned independent for the southwest Sydney seat of Hughes, Craig Kelly, is now leader of the United Australia Party, which is a fucking nightmare. And some 
somewhat predictable, really. I mean, I should have seen this coming. It's just, this story just keeps on getting worse. So look, almost everyone got an unsolicited text years ago at the last election from the UAP telling us without a hint of irony that Clive Palmer wanted to outlaw sending unsolicited texts from political parties. And then... Well, he's fucking at it again, isn't he? Well, even more amusing was that Kelly told anyone who cared to listen that he was in charge of policy for Palmer's UAP. Craig alone would be creating and enunciating policy from on high, according to Craig. Ah, well. And about two hours later, Big Clive entered the fray to put Craig in his place. Policy would be Clive's domain. He owns the checkbook after all. Look, this all promises to be a dark moment in Australian democracy with a bloke with a truckload of money trying to pay his way or pay for his interest to be represented in the federal parliament. It's not the first time, of course, Palmer spent $70 million at the last federal election, which led to no representation in the parliament, <laughs> um, but probably kept Labor away from the Treasury benches. Yeah, uh, prior to that, Clive became a member of the House of Reps. We might remember that, where he routinely fell asleep in his chair and forced some of the worst people in Australia upon us through the Senate. Oh, Craig can't win Hughes again as an ending or a member of the PUP. Can't win Hughes again. Can't win his seat. Just can't. It's not possible. So will he run for the Senate instead, a move that could take him from the animals to the vegetables, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that has to be the plan, although he's not saying it. Maybe Clive hasn't told him yet what he wants him to do. Alas, Craig, get some ivermectin up your Kelly. is dumb enough not to understand he's just been bought. It's ironic because he's coming from the side of politics that likes to call people sheep, and yet he's just about to come a literal sheep for Clive. <laughs> Clive Palmer, because he's got some money. I mean, you guys just fucking, you read from the script. So much more pressing news. It's coming very close to Karen Brewer Day. Karen Brewer Day's coming. It's so exciting. I am fucking gagging for this. So long-time listeners will know this all too well, but for those who are tuning in now, we'll give you a bit of a wrap-up. Karen Brewer is a psychotic sovsit in New Zealand who calls everyone she doesn't like a pedophile. In she's hiding a, in New Zealand. She is in hiding in New Zealand. She got a visit from the cops recently, but it's a whole other story. Yeah, mm. she did. It's interesting. There's a few things there I'll tell you later. Obsessed with Freemasons and school networks, she is convinced that Parliament is full of kitty fiddlers and wants to topple the entire thing. The I mean, we show. all the do. I'd show. love to kick the whole fucking executive out. They're all shit. So she's coming up with this bizarre plan to overthrow the government. People in all major cities, including locked ones across Australia and New Zealand, must go and stand outside their local parliament house at 9am on the 31st August. 9 In silence. 9 sharp. Nine sharp. No latecomers. In That's silence right. for three hours. Just stand there. Just stand there in silence. <laughs> Apparently this is in silence like the Anzacs. Yeah. We've talked about this before. Those silent Anzacs. Yes, with the rifles. They, she compares <laughs> it to the Dawn Service. It's this whole fucking thing. I mean, at least the Dawn Services have beer. I mean, imagine signing up to stand still in silence for right. three hours while cops just stand there and threaten you with imprisonment. Like, after the second hour, you probably just need to take a piss because, you know, <laughs> you're a human being. But no, that's not allowed. You've got to stand there like the Anzacs and take it. Like, there's no toilet breaks in this fucking coup d'etat. Like, what? Well... It's not just that there's no toilet breaks, Joel. There are no toilets. There's, there's nothing <laughs> there to do. There are no toilets outside. You know, we don't have, you know, great, Can great you piss in the pop So there's going to be a lot of people, you know, with cross knees and yeah, try not to think of waterfalls. Holding their bits. It's pretty sad. Well, they got no water, so that's good. That's helpful. So once the clock hits 12, people walk forward. Someone blows a whistle. It's this whole fucking thing. Apparently mm. there's something about scarves as well. They're basically like zombies, and they walk just directly in a parliament house or a council chambers or whatever you've got at your disposal. Quietly. Mm. Oh, yeah, I like that fucking Anzacs. And at that point, the politicians realise that people power can never be stopped, and every parliamentarian resigns, which is beautiful. And obviously the cops... Are 
are just going to laugh these idiots out the lobby. <laughs> but it's a fun concept. And well, it's actually it's not fun. It's actually really boring and a little bit dangerous. I mean, what what they're actually saying is we'll go in there, we'll we'll take some hostages. Yeah. As well. <laughs> It's, it's underlying quite, It's quite there. dangerous, although given Karen's organization, uh, organizational abilities, it's uh, it promises to be a complete and utter fiasco, and that's why I'm <laughs> looking forward to it. Who brings the whistle? Who brings the whistle? Once they're inside, and she's actually focusing now more and more on governor's houses. Mm. Governor General Yarralumla and the governor's oh. house in uh, the state uh, where you dwell. They're nicer. Uh, also hammering uh, the governor's uh, Governor's residence in Wellington, and oh. uh, of course the Beehive, the uh, the New Zealand yes. Parliament. Yes, yeah, she's big on that. And what she's asking for once they get inside, hold a few people ransom. Where are they going to go uh, over the top with those who they arrest? Because they've also talked about that. They're actually demanding from the governors that the that they will issue writs for yep. new elections in new those states. So we'll have them all at once. It'll be fantastic. It'll be just an outpouring of democracy. I love elections, so I'm actually kind of keen for this. I mean, like, I just want election day. Like, it's It'll a nice day. Yeah, the governor's going, oh, I didn't realise it was Karen Brewer. I better just sign those writs. Yes, I'll take that call. Oh, it's Brewer. Oh, yes, patch her through. <laughs> Let's face it. Even if the government did get replaced for the second in line for most electorates, for most major parties or even shitter people, then the incumbents I mean, basically would either see a return of the coalition or a new Labor government, but really, what are you going to do about it? Same that? people, same shit, yeah. same stink. And look, really can't happen constitutionally. You can't basically stick a gun to a governor's or governor general's head and say, look, we won't, won't have an election. It's just it's just not going to happen. It's just not feasible. And like this whole thing has looked like a complete fizzer for some time. Oh, I've looked at beautiful. this with absolute pessimism. She's pissed off half the movement by calling them pedophiles. She thinks Pete Evans is a pedo. She's everyone's picked a fight with Reignite Democracy Australia. Everyone's she, a pedo. She's picked a fight with everyone because they're all pedos, apparently. Her general <laughs> plan to get people to turn up on Tuesday is to just to spam Telegram ruthlessly with endless bot accounts, bully influencers and organizers into turning up by calling them pedos. And this make these wild threats to everyone involved. Politicians and participants how she's gonna fuck them up hang them gut them yeah it's gonna be it's just, quite a lot of hanging mm. oh she's got such a bloodlust but the thing is it fucking worked i mean somehow fuck if i know how it worked like i guess the incessant spamming eventually <laughs> broke through sort of form of hypnosis it really is like you can't go to posts in any given telegram group without a post on the 31st and it's all from different accounts it's wild and i think these people actually get banned often but they just pop back up you know it's bizarre the craziest thing is she's the most terrifying looking woman you've ever come across <laughs> in your life is. she is a fucking human gargoyle. she's what happens if you say candy man in the mirror five times she fucking appears <laughs> jesus christ she's terrifying <laughs> I just don't want to piss her off because she'll come and shoot me with a shotgun. She will hang you. Hang you for treason. The real breakthrough with old Kaz's plan is yeah. bringing the truckies into it, which I just <laughs> never saw coming as actually working. She's tried so many different weird angles. Tom Tanneke's done a really great YouTube clip on this if you want to see more because we can't go into too much detail. We're going to go so long this week. And did a solid article in Independent Australia. So get on there. He really hits most of the points. But to get a bit of an idea, basically some gronk who woke up about 10 minutes before he recorded this at midday came out and said that on the 31st, there's going to be a big old truck strike. And that's a thing. It, there was one on the 28th. It's nothing to do with this one. Nothing, but to, this do with one, the, yeah, nothing to do with the TWU strike at all. No, 
the mm-hmm. toll strike, which is for conditions well, yeah, like for, any actual toll. normal strike. Mm. This one is apparently going to stop the country. So go and stock up on food and toilet paper, the usual scare tactics. It's this uh, big consumer apocalypse. You need to be prepared for toilet it. Paper. Blah, but it's a big, ridiculous nothing burger. It became national news with these fucking idiot journo interns meeting their daily KPIs by claiming there actually is a trucker strike planned for the 31st. What, on the back of some... Gronk, who just woke up and made a TikTok. Once Australian media was on it, <laughs> then it went worldwide, especially with people who wanted oh, it to be no. true. So I've seen it in America, I've seen it in Britain, and I saw an article from the UAE saying this was happening. Mm-hmm. And it's just fucking made up bullshit. Some videos came out after that, which, you know, it's always videos because these people are illiterate, backing up this plan, claiming they had enough, blah, blah, won't be jabbed, blah, blah, I'm upset, blah, blah, and the strike is going to happen. Anyone in high viz just is just you can make a video and everyone's like oh that guy knows what he's talking about he drives a truck like yeah does, does he drive a truck i don't fucking know but he's in high vis so i'm <laughs> i'm sold so it's just total nonsense the transport workers union you know they've distanced themselves from this they've said this is not their fucking thing tons of truckers have actually come out and said that they don't not like they're not only not striking but they want to get vaccinated so they don't you know die from the plague which is now a preventable disease no. so and it, it, it really makes you think you've got to put yourself in their position why did they think that truckies were anti-vaxxers yes what yes. made them think that these people live in this bizarre echo chamber where everyone's on their team mm. they think they're the good guys but everyone else thinks they're not and it's so funny the fringe are so funny they just live in an alternate universe so of course in seeing this the grift of the smell this blood in the water and started up vague fundraisers to support the strike and as tom said in his article in his video truckies have this weird heroic place in aussie folklore and what better way to support it than by throwing money at them you know it's like the farmers Mm. i just want real trucks it tastes like trucks (laughs) you know like so these fundraisers were deleted by gofundme and just generally just knocked up as quickly as they came down but in the in the small window they had, they raised thousands of dollars for this opportunity to just vaguely support a trucky strike, <laughs> which, let's face it, was just going to go straight in the pockets of the person who started the fucking fundraiser. I've got I mean, the high-vis vest. Give me money. We're buying high-vis vests for more videos on TikTok. So my <laughs> guess personally, and I get all of these wrong, mind you, everything I say turns out to be wrong, is it'll be a fizzer. I also said that about the first <laughs> Sydney protest on the 24th. Oh, what happened there? About 15,000 gronks turned up. So the only people that believe in this bullshit are of course these pilled idiots with these delusions of grandeur it's this brain fart of a terrifying lunatic in new zealand who thinks everyone's a pedophile the fucking media have a lot to answer for because they've reported this as truth with no basis like get a telegram account you fucking amateurs but Mm. i'll be keenly watching the events of the 31st and with any luck whatever happens it will at least be very funny very 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 funny i can't wait and for a bit of a rundown of karen brewer day and some conditional release program trivia we are hosting an online event on the 1st of september seven o'clock 7 p.m that is in the evening, because I don't get up. No, I don't get up I'm s- not starting at that, 7. I didn't even know there was a 7 a.m. I'll crack a tinny at 10, but 7's a stretch. <laughs> Dude, that could be a problem. Uh, yes, yeah, so 7 in the evening, 1st of September, and we'll chat about uh, Kaz and what she's been up to, and uh, at 7.30, we'll kick off a, a trivia night. We'll trick off a trivia evening. There will be prizes. Check the podcast page on Facebook for event date details. And trivia night at 1st, on the 1st of September. And there may be more. 7 p.m. That's if the it evening. goes well. That is. That is the evening. It's 10 time. You are a bit of a morning drinker. And finally, in other news, there's a trucky blockade in Queensland. As noted by a bothering conspiracy theorist on Twitter, at Theorist, a great Twitter account to follow. 
fantastic content. That's very good work. <laughs> pointed out that a trucker on social media, Tony Fulton, who has 92,000 followers, has come out in support of a trucker protest. His video got 35,000 views and counting as of last mm. night when I first realized any of this was happening. This is last night as in Sunday the 29th. Mm. The whole thing was it was to be held on Monday, which is, as you can imagine, an intentional fuck you to Karen Brewer and her yeah. supposed Tuesday strike. That's right. So they've gone on the Monday to avoid any sort of association with Karen Brewer and, quite frankly, folks, wouldn't you? Fulton said that one of the main reasons Monday was chosen as the day for the protest on one of the eastern seaboard's busiest freight routes was to quash the ridiculous online chatter about the proposed blockades for Tuesday. Really stuck the knife into Karen there. Mm. Yeah. He said, and I quote, None of that was coming from a credible source. He's definitely referring to Karen Brewer there. But it was clear to us that if something is going to happen, it has to be done right and it has to be done by people in the transport industry. So, like, even if he's doing this on the Monday in spite of her, Brewer managed to Bradbury herself into a truckie strike. I mean, like she said, there was going to be a truckie strike and and there was. Wow. Kind of well done. I mean, it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for a ridiculous 31st nonsense saying there was going to be a trucker strike. She just made it up. It's one of those things like the law of attraction, you know, like the secret. If you think something's going to happen, it happens. Mm. She fucking did. She she did that through Telegram. She she willed it. She manifested a fucking trucky strike. I'm going to give her points to that. (laughs) I do like the fact that they like kicked her in that dick by saying, oh, we're not doing it on Tuesday though. I I mean, truck drivers are often big, you know, hairy, huge large human beings and they've had a look at Karen and just gone, we are as terrified of her as everyone else is, so we better just do something. Oh, I completely agree. And the thing that's interesting is that Reignite Democracy Australia, who are not friends with Karen Brewer, have given oh. in to social pressure and backed the 31st, but as some sort of obscure general strike, not the whole Anzac thing, but just basically just to not work or something. I don't know. And this is meant to include truckers somehow. I don't know. It's just a big mess. Like everyone's either turning up or not or distancing themselves. There's just there's no real coordination here because they're leaderless and they're kind of useless. So the social media trucker guy, Tones, has claimed that he's terrified of the vaccine. And I had absolutely no idea why this was until there was an interview this morning, which we'll get into later. But apparently he's done his research. But of course, he can't work without a vaccine and he won't get the jab. So, mm. I mean, fuck it. Problem. This was mostly according to Max Egan on The Crow House on Telegram, claiming that the 30th Truckee strike was going to feature two senators, which is Pauline Hanson and Malcolm Roberts, numerous barristers, which really reflects Barrist. the fetishization of lawyers. Like, why would any barristers turn up? Let me, yes, no, let me tell you that uh, barristers do not get out of bed unless someone has said, look, I will pay your fee for this morning. Yeah. You're certainly not going to get out of bed early on a Monday. Yeah, it's fucking uh, Head on down, <laughs> head on down, a bit of ambulance chasing. Yeah, and also border. before 9am, before 9am. Are you 9 serious? Barristers start at like can, 11. Can someone give me a coffee? <laughs> no, there's no there's there's no coffee. There's, there's no, no coffee. So if there is coffee, it would be terrible. So barristers weren't going to be there. No. Malcolm Roberts, I didn't see him at all. Didn't uh, see him. He, 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 to be fair, though, he may have been there. He is extremely small. Um, he's almost <laughs> microscopic. You you may need a, a microscope to see him. But yeah, yeah, he he did not seem to be there. But he, he may well there. have been there. You know, and and his presence and, wasn't know, felt. Uh, yeah, that's right. I'm you sure know, he's used to that. A four-door sedan may have been in his way, and we just missed him altogether. <laughs> um, so, you know, 
A small Japanese car. Apparently, this is meant to be alongside nurses. Okay, maybe. Freedom yeah. fighters, whatever that Freedom. means. And the eight AFP agents that were meant to uh, turn up. Now, that last bit is incredibly troubling. So they claimed the information about the strike was going to be released at 5 a.m. ended up being 5.15. And essentially... They, they, you know, they, they picked a place and they went there. They were meant to have 38 trucks. Two yeah. turned up. Two. Two turned up. Two, two trucks is a lot. That's a lot of truck. Well, two, two trucks is a lot. If you're going to block a highway, you only need two trucks to you do it. You only need it. two trucks. I mean, you could actually do it with one. If yes. You, if you yeah. park the truck the right way. But it looks so, a little good. So that's the thing. I mean, you know, it's sort of, it, it always has been uh, and, and, and has, has made sure the TWU has been a really strong union. I mean, the idea of tracky blockades and what have you are actually quite terrifying for those in government because yeah. it doesn't need many uh, to cause all sorts of problems. That's it. And that's how they've maintained a good wage for a job that is pretty shit. But only two is disappointing, you'd have to say. Well, that's the organiser and his sidekick, basically. That's what the telegram chatter is i think it's impressive they pulled this together at such late notice and they got so much hype they had mainstream media there you know it was it was a good turnout for what i think but like one of the things that was really a bit much is saying the afp was going to be there i mean unless they were protecting the senators Mm. fair enough why the fuck would the afp be there just going along going oh yeah freedom like no (laughs) no but it yeah. plants this seed, and this is what they love. Reignite Democracy Australia always saying, well, the cops really are secretly on our side. It plants this seed that the coercive arm of government is actually siding with these idiots. And that is yeah. a powerful thought to these people because it mm. makes that Travis Bickle effect work. They think that their actions are righteous and right because they think that the cops are actually on their side. They are not. Hence the rubber bullets that were fired at them in fucking Victoria. I mean, yeah, the cops are on your side. They just happen to be shooting at you out of affection. Pepper, pepper. Just ridiculous. So the thing that I think is quite bizarre here is the fact that the Wicked Witch of the West Karen Brewer struck gold by throwing truckies into the mix. And not only is it this morning that's been a huge issue with the truckies, but now the truckies are intimately involved in the anti-lockdown, anti-vax movement. It's, it's still only two trucks, Joe. And, and, oh, yeah, uh, but they just claim them. I mean, like, there's no reason to say that truckies are on the side of anti-vaxxers. I would almost fucking guarantee that 80 percent at least of truckies are getting vaccinated and think this is insane but that doesn't matter because what is said on telegram is that truckies are anti-vaxxers they love the movement they hate lockdowns and they're all supporting them and that's all that matters it doesn't matter what's the truth it matters what they say uh, well it's ridiculous. yeah it's to a point now uh, I, I did see pauline enter as the negotiator uh, what did you see there, Joe? It was very funny. So basically, over the course of the day, you had the, the media getting involved and they were getting dizzy on the fame and having a really fucking great time. They actually struggled to get Paul in there because she was stuck in traffic. But then eventually she managed to make it and she had some One Nation guys there who looked like they were probably blackies. And like essentially uh, at the end of it, which ended up being the end because she made it the end, she said to Brocky, look, mate, you've made your point. You've done really well. If you get a fine, I'll pay it. I'll pay you fine. time for you to move on. It's time for you to move on. Sweet and the thing that. that was great with this is she didn't really say it's time for you to move on. She basically said the Aussies need to get where they're going. The Aussies, they, you know, they've had enough this morning. <laughs> the Aussies need to go where they're going. And this guy is just hearing the word Aussie over and over again, just getting this weird nationalist boner and just going, mm. no, you're right. Yeah, you're, no, right, you're right. right. I'll, I'll move my track at once. And later on, he actually claimed that Pauline – had told him that there was a trailer with horses in it, which they were trying to stop from having any problems because enough people have suffered from the the, the pandemic and blah, blah, fucking blah. Horses. 
I mm. don't know if that's true, but he was really pissed off with the idea that Pauline got this credit, this supposed credit for stopping the blockade. I can tell you right now, I watched it live. Pauline stopped that blockade. She said to the guy, you've made your point and that's enough. And he went, yes, mum, and yes, moved mom. his truck. <laughs> sorry, mum. Totally. Mom. I'm I mean, sorry, I was mom. impressed because she clearly <laughs> speaks fluent idiot and he was just <laughs> absorbing it like a sponge. It was very impressive. I mean, some of the other great things there, there was a real greatest hits album of fucking ridiculous things these guys said. For starters, they said at one point they were doing this for the nurses. Uh, okay, what, the nurses that don't want the jab? You know the nurses who are actually working on the wards think you're scum, right? Frontline health workers. Just like, yeah, exactly. I mean, come on, fucking get over it. Like, they're definitely fighting for the crown of who's the king of the pandemic. And let's face it, the nurses are the actual king of the pandemic. Truckies, I'm sorry, you're going to have to take a podium spot because you just don't, you're not the winner. Health, li- health workers are winning this battle for valor. But then we've got the reporters who are asking, okay, well, what do we do? And he basically said... People will die, either of the vaccine or the virus. But, you know, we've had enough of wearing masks across borders and shit. Okay. So it's like, people will die. And that's yeah. a sacrifice I'm willing to make. You know, like, fuck and, I, off. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm And I'm willing to maximise it. Um, <laughs> you know, so so the, the idea that you can ameliorate deaths and serious illness uh, by continuing lockdowns until such a time as you have higher levels of vaccination. I mean, the idea would be 90%. <clears throat> and, and by the modelling provided by the Doherty Institute, you've still got around 1,500 deaths at that point, right? Yep. So, so, yes, it's all about, well, never mind how many deaths we have. I, <laughs> I need freedom. I'm, w- I'm, I'm willing to watch them happen. And they were saying freedom! constantly they want freedom like England. And the reporters would say, well, the vaccination yeah. rates there are quite high. And yeah, they're like... <laughs> 89 oh, single shot now, England. Mm. Oh, 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 okay. Well, uh, but we do want freedom like the English. It's like, just, okay, you're just gonna just gonna glaze over that. You are not the PR guy here, are you? <laughs> okay. So, like, one of the trucker guys was saying he lives in regional New South Wales, but his kids haven't been to school in 12 months. Like, what? Yeah. Is that is That's, that a thing? Haven't been to homeschool for 12 months. Yeah. Like, I just it, there was a whole bunch of stuff that didn't line up, and one yeah. of the other truckers also was saying to a reporter that. He managed to talk his mum out of the second shot of the vaccine with a video on YouTube from a reputable scientist. Oh, my. Charming work. And you don't realise you're the villain until you say something like that. And I don't know if it's going to get picked up. It's probably not going to get broadcast. It's probably going to end up on the cutting room floor. But at the end of the day, this is what we're dealing with here. YouTube videos. These guys are launching truck blockades. They are fucking telling their mums not to get vaccinated over YouTube videos of reputable yeah. scientists they can't remember the name of. I mean, oh, no, not the consensus <laughs> that, that of scientists across the, the entire world. The One guy. Look, this is, I mean, for me, this is an absolute disaster of a protest. I know it was sort of rapidly thrown together, but two trucks, come on. Mm. And, uh, it's just. I was impressed. I was impressed. They pulled together well, at the last minute. No, I, I, I'm far from it, and but so it leaves the possibility of August 31, the big day, Karen Brewer Day. Mm. Uh, will there be more trucks out and about? Will nah. ca- as Karen just by 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 by, uh, by act of sheer terror, uh, as she basically got uh, the trucking industry to fall into line, and will there be massive blockades around I, uh, around Australian roads uh, tomorrow? I cannot- Picture it happening. I, I just absolutely cannot really picture it happening. So. You've got this situation where they've they've really like they've made their move, they've done their thing, they've intentionally stuck it up Karen's ass by doing it the day before. And they got their point across. They got on morning TV. They're gonna have 
the, they're going to be the top news story of the day. Well done. And today's sponsor is Elon Musk SpaceX, the American aerospace manufacturer, space transportation service and communications company headquartered in Hawthorne, California. If you've got a lazy half mill lying around, get off your ass, listeners, and get into space. Not just any space, like that little room at the top of the stairs that isn't big enough to put a couch and a telly in, so you just pile it up with old clothes and shoes. You've been meaning to throw it all out, and the cat gets in there and pisses on them, but you're not exactly sure where, and you can't stop that rich, musky odour of stale cat's piss. Not that space. But deepest, darkest space. If Elon Musk has taught us anything, and he hasn't, it is that space is dark and really, really big. You can take that to the bank, listeners. It is big. And bloody dark. And what better way to colonise Mars than doing it alongside Elon Musk, a man who once said, and I quote, if something is important enough, you should try even if the probable outcome is failure, unquote. Uh I'm pretty sure that's part of the waiver you have to sign if you climb aboard (laughs) SpaceX with Elon Musk. But don't worry about failure. After spending just hours in deepest, darkest space with Elon Musk, you'll be begging for Elon's spacecraft to blow up on re-entry, destroying it, Elon, and you at a cellular level. And in today's which black belt fuckwit said that? We're travelling to Hollywood with all its glitz and glamour to peel through the world's most entitled, richest, most ignorant fuckwits on earth. Ooh, Hollywood people. celebrities, is there any fucking mortal thing they won't stick their noses into and tell us what they reckon? Yeah, that's it. Play the classics. Shut up about politics. And if you're successful today, Joel, you'll be going into space with Elon Musk, where within minutes you'll demand a fiery death, an explosion of solid solid rocket fuel, a fire on board, anything, so you don't have to listen to Elon Musk anymore. Sweet release. Don't talk about Dogecoin. I don't want to fucking know about it. (laughs) You know he's going to be talking a lot about Dogecoin. Uh, Question one. Are you ready, Joel? Ugh, as I'll ever be. Here's the quote. And these arseholes are going to keep track of who doesn't want the experimental gene therapy. Remember, a government that fears its citizens is a better government. Ugh. And which Hollywood fuckwit said that? Was it Kim Kardashian? Was it Rob Schneider? Was it Britney Spears? Or was it Hollywood director Spike Lee? Fuck, I know that Spike Lee recently went on some weird thing about um, 9-11. He's become a 9-11 truther. But Rob Schneider is a vicious fucking anti-vaxxer. So I'm going old Bobby Schneider. Well done, Joel. Yes. Get, get in the cockpit and pop your helmet on. Uh, you, you are well on the way. Yes. Uh, we uh, it, Look, Rob Schneider did, in fact, say that. Uh, Britney Spears did once say, not a known anti-vaxxer to her no. credit, but she did say once, I've never really wanted to go to Japan simply <laughs> because I don't like eating fish, oh, and I yeah. know that's very popular out there in Africa. Great quote. Great quote. Yeah. Get that, get that, uh, get that woman an atlas. Yep, yep. And uh, question two, here's the quote. Why would you let the government be the ones to stick a disease into your arm? I would never get a swine flu vaccine or any vaccine. I don't trust the government, especially with my health. Was that Kanye West? Mm. Was that Bill Maher? Was that Arnold Schwarzenegger? Hell no. Or was that Maria Carey? Yeah, look, 
Bill Maher has become more and more disappointing as time goes on, but there's an unhinged nature to this quote. You're trying to fuck me on there, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He is great these days. I love his work. If that comes from him, I will start crying immediately. It's <laughs> got to be fucking Kanye West. Oh. No, was that Bill? It was Bill. Fuck Your that instincts guy. were good. I've just stopped watching real time because it's just shit now. He's nah. just a weird libertarian lunatic. Has he been stiffing fucking paint thinner? I mean, what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> Well, well, your mate Arnold Schwarzenegger did say, he's not an anti-vaxxer, by the way, has been vaccinated. He did say, I think gay, gay marriage is something that should be between a man and a woman, which is kind of, <laughs> it's a bit tricky to do, Arnie. A bit tricky to do. And Maria oh. Carey, I've got to, I've got to deliver one of her quotes because, uh, look, I don't know whether she's been vaccinated or not, but uh, she is a bit of a fucking airhead. Yeah. And she said, whenever I watch TV and watch those poor starving kids all over the world, I can't help but cry. Oh. I mean, I'd like to be skinny like that, but not with all those flies and death that and stuff. cannot be real. <laughs> that cannot I'm be real. it is, yeah. Oh, my God. Give me the poverty body, but not so much poverty. You know? Yeah, no, I want, like, you know, a nice car with leather and airbags. <laughs> so, like, I definitely want to have that body. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, look, I, Jesus so, Christ, this is well, black look, as fuck. You may not make it to Mars, but uh, you, the moon is still a possibility, Joe. To be honest, I don't want to fucking go. With so Elon, fine. and he's going to be talking to Ashcock. I don't want to go. Right? He's such a cunt. Quote three. Healthy young child goes to doctor, gets pumped with massive shot of many vaccines, doesn't feel good, and changes. Autism! All in caps. Many such cases. Ooh, I already know the answer to this, but scroll through. Scroll Ooh, through. Okay, now was that Ellen DeGeneres? Not nice, apparently. Was that former celebrity and former US President Donald Trump? No comment. Was that Brooke Shields? Mm. Or was that, in fact, Elon Musk? Your um, travelling companion to the moon. I believe this was actually at the presidential debates, Donald Trump. You know, well, yes, you've got the you've got the uh, the speaker right, absolutely correct. Um, but uh, he did actually tweet that up. Was that a tweet? In, I think twenty thirteen. Okay, I thought he mentioned that in the debate. He was just a celebrity in those days. Oh, bless! Yeah, healthy young child goes to doctor, gets pumped with massive shot of many vaccines, doesn't feel good, and changes autism. Many such cases, and oh. doesn't that just sound like Trump's? Twitter feed. It really does. I mean, like, that was a gimme. Ah, uh, look, uh, Brooke Shields, by the way, did in fact say once, smoking kills. If you're killed, you've lost a very important part of your life, which is <laughs> which is really deep when you think about it. It's very uh, profound. That, that is deep. Uh, and, it of course, Ellen Jennings looked at lockdown and said, one thing I've learned is being in quarantine is like being in jail. You know what, Ellen? It Probably isn't. Yeah. You know, you, you live in a fucking house, a mansion. you know, that's about four soccer fields wide. Yeah. It's really not that uncomfortable. But the thing is, in prison, you also have staff. So, like, in her house, she has <laughs> yeah. staff taking care of her. Yeah. And in prison, you is, also have a staff taking care of you. Yeah, the difference is she can tell them what to do. You don't get to do that with corrective services staff. Oh, well, have you tried can it? You, can you just vacuum around? <laughs> Can you just vacuum Excuse around me. here? It's Gussle, really, Gussle, really dirty. Gussle, I'd like oh, another can of chicken, please. just can't get good help. <laughs> 
So there you are, Joel. You are headed to the moon with Elon Musk. Ugh. Yeah, look, I, I think we we all believe uh, on your behalf that you die horribly in flight. I definitely um, die. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll have a movie a, made just, after me, though, which is good. Tom Hanks will play me. He fucking better. Right. All rights reserved. <laughs> all rights reserved. Jesus <laughs> Now, we've held over a listener contribution that we received earlier. This is heads up for Ian. Sorry, Ian, but we, we love your work, but uh, you've been flicked the next week. Uh, but the goodies on, are on their way to you anyway. You did the way. work, and we believe yeah, in a hard yeah, day's yeah, work absolutely. is a hard day's pay. Absolutely. So you will be remunerated, and you will be appearing in Black Pill Fuckwit next week because we do ask listeners to send us an email if they've come across something really really stupid said by black bill fuckwits we want your input listeners if you've recently come across something posted that is so odd so bizarre that it can only be appreciated by the criminally stupid drop us a line yeah we'll send you a stubby holder and some assorted shit i find on my desk if you make our lives easier and send me a quote we can use on the show i got some yes, badges please. made up recently they're so bad i'm gonna throw some of those in there I want to get rid of them. Now, I have to read uh, from a statement uh, at our lawyer's insistence. Oh, uh, yeah. This, this happens. Now, I wish to apologise to the Committee of the Therapeutic Goods Administration. I wish to apologise for time to get fucked on several occasions. And I also want to appeal to their better nature so they don't seek to prosecute Joel and myself when we claim mainly Joel. Well. But I might have done it once or twice. Well. That the conditional release program stubby hold is a clinically proven cure, treatment or prophylactic for COVID-19. Yeah. It is, though. So I've been using the conditional release program stubby holder for a year and I haven't got COVID not even once, which is Proof. a pretty good sign as far as I'm concerned, well, that yep. should be enough. Proof. What the fuck are we supposed to do? Inject it into our eyeballs and see what fucking happens next? I, I mean, what? Hey, 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 Sorry. Sorry. This is how you got in trouble in the first place. Sorry, everyone. And a big sorry to the TGA. I'm sorry. We're sorry. And if you could just see your way to not finding us thousands of dollars over what I consider to be a simple misunderstanding, we'd be very grateful and I promise I'll never tell you to get fucked ever again. That's the royal we, by the way. I'm actually not included in that. I think the TGA can go fuck themselves. Now, the conditional release program stubby holder is the only stubby holder almost clinically proven to keep the drinks cold and used in conjunction with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. My just might. I mean, who knows? Yeah, don't make any claims. It just might keep you protected from COVID-19 infection. And it will, by the way, keep you protected from SIB, sudden irreversible beer warming. You don't uh, want that. I'm using one right now. I can testify to it. It is pretty good. I did put the beer in the freezer first, though, so it is deliciously cold. And it's a beer that uh, would make uh, Jack curse the I've name. I've already seen it. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> And in today's anti-vaxxer update, we start with the stats and 33.2% of the world population has received at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. 5.18 billion doses have been administered globally and 38 million are now administered each day. Only 1.6, that's just up just a fraction of people in low-income countries have received at least one dose. We keep an eye on that because that's really going to be a problem. Yep. In Australia... 18.7 million doses have been administered. In New South Wales, 65.39% of the population aged 16 or more have received one dose, 35.34 fully vaxxed. The ACT is right behind on 63.66. Just over half in Victoria have been single-dosed, 54.34. Good numbers in Tasmania. 
58% there, NT 54, Queensland is yet to break the 50% margin at 49, South Australia is 51 and the Western Australia is at the Western Australia is at the tail of the field but catching up at 48%. Uh, there was a poll conducted by Fairfax 9 that showed 91% of Australians support the idea of mandatory proof of vaccination to attend public venues. 6% against with a balance in the don't category. Uh, that's a, it's just a poll, of course, but it, it actually points to a figure that we might get, you know, in terms of vaccination. That's fucking crazy. If, if realised, it would show that perhaps by the end of the year, we will, really will hit somewhere around 90% fully vaxxed, which would be sensational. It'd be quite something. I always thought we could beat the Poms, by the way, Joe, and we're getting <laughs> very close to that now. Yes, but we always have to beat the Poms. It's very important for our national identity. Indeed. Uh, well, we'll be playing them in cricket. This is the whole thing. You know, we're, we've just got to beat them. And, yeah, exactly. um, um, and of course, it does support the idea of, of vaccine passports for public events. It really does. It really does. Social, social stuff. So very significant. Just a poll, of course, but 91% of Australian support the idea of mandatory proof of vaccination to attend public venues. That's fucking wild. And that is good news, but it's not all good news. Never is yeah. where anti-vaxxers are God concerned. Forbid. The anti-vaxxers are out and about, and even some are loitering in churches. Now, the Pentecostal movement seems to be a rich source of anti-vaccination activism, and we've had a look at that. We all know it, but we have a report from Brooklyn, New York, one of the five boroughs of New York City, ravaged by COVID-19 last year and really getting some hellishly bad figures again, where a Catholic priest has clambered up a pulpit and exhorted his parishioners not to get vaxxed. Mm. And just before 11 a.m. last Sunday, the 22nd of August, Father Michael Panicelli stepped up to a white marble pulpit and delivered a demented anti-vax homily to a Brooklyn community that was reporting the high Delta transmission rate of 161 new cases per 100,000 residents in the past seven days, you fucking idiot. <laughs> but here was Panicelli using the morning mass at St. Mark's at Margaret Mary Roman Catholic Church so many saints, so as many an saints. occasion to urge his parishioners to shun the shot. Uh. Be very careful about this vaccine, he said. If I were you, I would not touch it with a 10-foot pole, and I never will because it leads to complications. Yeah, right, In Jack. fact, serious side effects and vaccines are extremely rare. That didn't stop Panicelli from engaging in an extended delusion that he tried to spin as a tale of self-sacrifice. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say what needs to be said, he said. I need you to pray for me as I take this bold and courageous step. I was ordained to be bold and courageous courageous and to speak the truth. And the only way to stop the pandemic is the inoculation accompanied by mitigation. But here was Benicelli twisting and obscuring the truth to persuade his flock to resist vaccine mandates. My brothers and sisters, you are under absolutely no obligation to take a vaccine that is made, produced, manufactured, tested, even in the most remote ways with aborted fetal cells. Oh, fuck There off. we go. Do yeah, not let anyone tell you otherwise, he said. Except for me, of course. He said this even though the Diocese of Brooklyn was officially telling the faithful otherwise. A July 30 memo from the Diocese to its clergy, Panicale included, could not have been any clearer as to how it stands on COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, according to official stats for the zip code where Panicale is the parish priest, now one in every five people have contracted COVID and one in 125 have died from it. Only 56% have at least one shot of the vaccine. And in the US, 
that's significantly lower uh, than the average and, and, and the city's overall rate, New York City's overall rate is 64%. And Panic Kelly goes again. The flesh of aborted cells are important and they are not to put into our body in any way, shape or form. Do not let anyone confuse that for you. And Pfizer and Moderna, which are the vaccine, vaccines available in that particular part of the world, do not put cells of any kind in their bodies, but Panicelli ignored that fact, among others. And this is not the first time... Oh, don't let the truth get in the way of a good yarn. the first time during his four years in the priesthood that Panicelli had engaged in passionate untruths. He was in Washington, D.C. for the Stop the Steal rally on Ooh. January 6th, Joe. That's not good. And afterwards offered his version of it in a letter to the tablet, local Catholic magazine. Here's a Catholic priest who's a trumper and an election truther, and now he's an anti-vaxxer. He used the pulpit to express a personal opinion, and that is a specific no-no for priests. So we can only hope the local bishop is a firebrand who foots Father Pamakelli up the arse and out of the parish where he can do no more harm. They often do that. They'll just move them on. If there's a problem, yeah, we've seen that. In we the have past, seen haven't a bit we? of that in the past, anyway. I mean, look, chances are we're going to see Father Panicelli in our new segment, uh, "Famous Last Words." <laughs> uh, so, um, but he's going to take he's going to take a few of his parishioners with him. That's the sad thing. That is the sad thing. That is the sad thing. Now, elsewhere in the U.S., self-proclaimed idiot Joe Rogan hosted a North Korean defector turned right-wing libertarian grifter on his podcast, which led to a fucking clueless discussion about Australian lockdowns. It put us on the radar. So, American conservative commentators have started pointing yeah, their idiot. Fingers at Australia and using our handling of COVID as a political play toy for their weird little fucking libertarian, uh, it's communism ends. This gave birth to this utterly awful hashtag, hashtag Australia has fallen. Oh no, like, you know, it's fall- we've like, fallen. Like the Gerard Butler movie, which are actually really good because they're just like the cheesiest action ever. I fully recommend them. Of course, you know, take a Xanax first, mm. which created this gish gallop of bullshit that just painted Australia, especially New South Wales, as a communist police state. I, hadn't, I really hadn't noticed. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Well, the mounted police in Sydney was a bit weird, but that's that's another story. Dickheads on Fox News like Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram have been throwing their two cents about our totalitarian government and bizarrely mocking our low case numbers, like like that's something to be ashamed of. And we've told them basically to fuck off and mind their own business. It's pretty standard yeah. little back and forth from us and the Yanks. Of course, this is not directed at us. We're not the target here. It's about riling up their base in the States and showing all this like abstract concept of dictatorship so you've got these fucking blue checks on twitter how do they get verified they're almost all from the usa pushing the truck driver strike the karen brewer day they're hailing craig kelly and george christensen as fucking heroes i think laura ingram actually had george christensen on her show he's the fucking member for manila he's a fucking creep and apparently in their dumbass heads he's a hero claiming our police are a group of vicious thugs who are hell-bent on keeping the population terrified and at home now that's kind of true it's a little bit it's a little bit true. There's, there's, a, there's a grain of truth there. But I'm sorry, Americans. You can fuck oh, right you can off. fuck off. Don't you ever criticize us, you fucking scumbags. You live, yeah. you, you live in a society that has really just rent itself in about eight different fucking ways and is basically a light. You know? Absolutely. You I mean, fucking- can fuck off. Joe Rogan retweeted Avi Yemeni's post about the cops using oh. rubber bullets at the Melbourne protest. And I'm like, mate, fucking, that, all right, Yankee boy, you want to talk to me about police brutality? Unless you're lecturing us on not doing it properly and that rubber bullets are a chicken shit <laughs> cop out, don't fucking lecture us on police brutality. <laughs> what do you, you mean guys- rubber bullets? 
We're not using rubber bullets. Yeah, chuck in the real rounds. You guys are the fucking reigning champions of state-sanctioned violence. Your cops kill black people for fun. Get back in your lane, fascist. Fix your own fucking problems. I am not interested in a country that buys military surplus tanks for crowd control telling us that we're the fucking problem. Anyway, it's getting a bit out of hand at this point with the conspiracy circles just making shit up and pasting our name on it. As usual, they post memes that mention Australia with American and Canadian police in the picture. Wrong, Obviously. Wrong police. Wrong police. It's obvious. It doesn't matter. They aren't trying to appeal to Australians who actually know what New South Wales police look like, you see. They don't really care. Also yeah. featured some fairly charming examples of historical police brutality dressed up and rebranded as public health order enforcement. Going back to a few demos in the past. Yeah, some guy get, getting randomly yeah, arrested. just lazy like, old disinformation, provably so, as usual. Yeah, do your fucking research. I mean, so my favourite incarnation of this whole fucking thing, the hashtag, the whatever, is a ridiculous rumour that was spread far and wide by Disinformation Dozen member Mike Adams of Natural News, Ooh. which is also now known as Brighteon. It's a great word. I quite like it. He claims that 24,000 seized children are being subjected to forced vaccination under police guard herded like cattle no less i haven't seen those 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 herds of twenty four thousand children sweeping sweeping across the plains but we're being kept in the dark Uh, only mike adams of natural news knows the truth this is what you got to realize this is what you got to realize so no parents are allowed inside at the kudos bank arena that's a that's a big issue Mm. uh children are being taken from their homes by the military and taken to Homebush on buses for like an hour, I guess, to be forcibly vaccinated as part of this wider depopulation program. And if they don't make make it through the vaccination job, because then it's, you know, the screens go up, the big state comes in, those kids disappear, you know. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You, you can bet your bottom dollar on that. Yeah. So they ask these dumb questions like, why aren't the parents allowed with them? Which is pretty easily answered. I mean, how many parents were there when they did the MMR jabs at school? Like, none. Like, they have jobs. They have shit to do. You fucking idiots. Like, what the fuck? So the answer these guys actually came up with is a real treat. I love this. So Kudos Bank Arena is actually a satanic temple. Well, of course it is. This, is. this is the line they're using. And look, I would argue that Homebush is a place of Satan <laughs> simply for how annoying it is to get there. Yeah. Have you ever been to a gig at Homebush? If you live anywhere worth living, it fucking sucks it's to get just, to. It's really hard to get to. It's awful. And you are actually literally herded like cattle onto trains <laughs> that run really sparsely. Maybe that's And they it. stink of sweat. Maybe that's how they get the 24,000 seized children sweeping majestically they- across the plains of Western Sydney. They run the old Tangaras where they use chopping blocks for fucking seats. It's just shit. <laughs> it's the worst place to go to. It's just terrible. So according to these idiots who've never had to trudge to Homebush for a concert or a festival and dodge the sniffer dogs <laughs> at the turnstiles, the proof of this is the Luciferian art performances ah. held there that worship Satan to defile God. It is. And I it's think proof. I must say art art is used very fucking loosely here because the example they make is the satanic rock group Slipknot. I saw them at the Horton Pavilion uh, before when, you know, they, they did their, their self-titled uh, tour. It was fantastic, mind you, and it was very fucking satanic. So yeah, the claim I'm is- sure they're from Satan. Oh, absolutely. And that's, that's where all good metal comes from. I mean, like, you know, get a fucking grip. So the kids are being vaccinated in this Luciferian ritual, <laughs> basically- <laughs> 
the proof of that being that Slipknot played there in 2016. Yep. And also, the guitarist of the band, Craig Jones, I had to Google that. He wears a weird mask with nails in it. It's just, you know, it's just for weird, dumb effect. Mm. But apparently, what it actually means is that it's a spike protein. That's, oh, that's what they deducted from that. there you go. They're so clever. They, they pick everything. You can't let anything <laughs> See, get past them. I wouldn't have thought of that. But yeah, that's fantastic. No, no. Because you're not a fucking paranoid lunatic. Do you think oh, they're actually you being vaccinated by members of the band? Do you think these children... <laughs> Imagine that Corey Taylor being there going, come over here, man. Come over here, man. I'll, I'll give you the jab. This is a protein spike. I've got, yeah. I've got quite a few of them <laughs> on my head. Oh, that would be fantastic. I'll get fucking vaccinated if Slipknot doing it. Yeah, that's another story. <laughs> it goes on to describe a whole bunch of satanic stuffing Slipknot videos, which is pretty fair game. Like, their, their videos are totally fucked up. But apparently in doing this, the parents, and I quote this, are signing a contract with the devil, which is bound by the sacrifice of their child. Oh, of course they are. What it the says fuck? says it on the front that- page. Um, I mean, come on. <laughs> calm down. Contract like, with just- the devil, which may lead to the sacrifice of your child. Settle, petal. We had footage of HSC students fainting at the vaccination hub, which has made the rounds everywhere, with anti-vaxxers claiming the children didn't faint but died. They just you know, <laughs> fell over and died. And that's not true, obviously. Mm. But the truth is so boring. So we've got this fuckwit named Stu Peters who's made this video claiming he's spoken to this ex-Australian military officer, Ooh. Alan Hennessy or some shit, who made this ridiculous video claiming that these two children died after receiving the, the Pfizer jab. It's mm. just made up. But it's gone so viral and become, as usual, truth to anti-vaxxers, who are in, let's face it, the death throes of their hobby cult. I mean, it's getting really hard to believe their bullshit at this point. They claim the parents are under a suppression order to maintain this secrecy regarding the dead kids that definitely exist, but that's not how it works. Anything, of course, is possible when you lie. There have been no deaths from the Pfizer vaccine in Australia as of August 20. That's just the way it is. It's a fact. It's just the way it is. So the Americans are standing with us and our truckies and our kids, <laughs> dead and alive. Isn't that fucking nice? It's not a thing though. But let's face it. These morons are the same people who think we ride kangaroos to school. We don't actually give a flying fuck what you think. We don't. Our approach to COVID-19 and in a country that systematically punishes the working class, has cops that shoot civilians like clay pigeons, <laughs> has the biggest jail population on the planet and have made wiretapping citizens' communications a national sport, you are throwing some pretty fucking chunky rocks in some very fucking glass houses because your hashtag is dumb. Nobody here likes you or respects you. And if you could just throw yourselves in the bin Get and me. we'll just take you out to the curb and the, the yep. council will deal with yep. you. Monday night's been night for me. I'll have you rolled out in the nature strip then. Fucking idiot. And meanwhile, in lockdown Sydney, well, anti-vaxxers were caught out telling lies Porcupies. the worst kind about the tragic death of an HSC student at a Catholic college on the North Shore named Tom Van Dyke. We have some uh, of our most devoted listeners to thank for bringing this to my attention and allowing the Australian to break the news. I interviewed the source of the disinformation, a former journalist and PR executive for some big pharma companies, Virginia Nichols. And after our first Twitter exchange the night before, Nichols was unapologetic. She did take down her post, uh, her original post, which had claimed that the young man had died after receiving a Pfizer dose. It's completely false and, and relied at best from appalling gossip she engaged in in the immediate wake of the tragic death. She, she obviously regrets it now. Of course, the young fella had not received a dose of the Pfizer vaccine or indeed anything else. Yeah. And she obviously regrets uh, making that claim uh, because the Australian story outed her as the spreader of uh, malicious gossip. Uh, and uh, and uh, she she contacted me on several occasions to let me know that she was having a very difficult time of yeah. it. Yeah, whether it's true or not, it's another story. I am very grateful to our listeners for bringing this to my attention, not because I got a scoop, but 
uh, I got to tell an important story about how misinformation spreads as fact into the anti-vax sphere and leads to the most appalling behaviour from the usual suspects. It really does. Once you put that shit in motion, it just flies on its own. I mean, yeah. you had Serene Defar, who was onto this like flies on shit. I mean, she was dangerously confident about having this right because it came from a trusted source, which I'm guessing is Virginia Nichols. When doubt started to mount of the veracity of these claims, Serene didn't de- retract her comments as such. She more doubled down in this vague kind of way, saying that the parents must come forward and clarify this with certainty. Yes. Like as if the parents own these parasites, some kind of duty to tell them again that the kid didn't die from the goddamn vaccine. I mean- yeah. The parents yeah. don't owe them shit. And then she goes on to demand the media, the vague media, whatever the fuck that even means, and the school, who are grieving in their own right, to tell them what they want to hear. They just wanted to, they just wanted confirmation of their fucking anti-vax trope. Huh. This is despicable behaviour. It. Yeah. It's disgusting. What demands could you make? You've got no platform for a demand. So this is just despicable behaviour by these opportunistic ideologues who will stop at nothing to score an anti-vax point and even hassle a grieving family after losing their fucking 18-year-old kid or my 17-year-old. I mean, just it's just surreal. Serene, to her credit, did post her attraction once it became clear the boy had not received a vaccine and that she'd got it terribly wrong. I'll yeah. give her that. Once it really came out, she, she pulled back. This, of course was already out of the bag at this point, riled at the base. People had shared it all across Telegram and Rafael Fernandez regurgitated this bullshit, sharing it on his post and the ridiculous claim that two other children have also died from the vaccine at Homebush, which is complete crap, saying in all caps at the end of his little post, wake the fuck up, Australia. Uh, Wake up to what? Misinformation from fucking flogs? Unlike Serene, Fernandez did not retract his comments, did not delete his post, and at the time of recording, he is still standing firm by his, his... Disinformation statement. Provably wrong. It's it's provably wrong. He stands by disinformation because it serves his purpose. He's there to scare the shit out of people and then sell them a soothing remedy of his reassuring control over things. But it's not very nice. Uh, These posts inspired a warlike reaction from the usual idiots who screamed about treason, genocide, Nuremberg trials. It's kind of stuff is catnip to lunatics who are looking for an excuse to rage against the vaccine program. The fact that Raf didn't retract his statement speaks volumes. Just didn't come down. Mm. He just doesn't give a shit. He's just happy to say it. Just leave it there. So to top off this absolute shit show is the Australia Cease and Desist Group. Now, we've talked about... Romana Digilo before on this podcast, the self-appointed Queen of Canada. She's this weird sovsit who instructs her followers to send cease and desist letters to people she doesn't like. You know, anyone who's following COVID protocols or anyone who's doing something she doesn't agree with. Well, they're starting up in Australia and they rallied together to spam the school with absurd requests to cease and desist on behalf of the Queen of Canada. This to me is just fucking beyond belief. You've got these people who are grieving and you're hammering them with these like pseudo-legal requests with this weird, violent undertone. The whole whole school community, the Van Dyke family, of course, and the whole school community is in a state of shock. It's fucking crazy. And what they're being asked and what these shitheels are telling people to do is to bombard them with telecommunications and bar them them with basically faux legal bullshit while they're going through this terrible grief. It's just absolutely bizarre. I mean, as they say, God knows who said it, a liar can travel halfway around the world while the truth is putting on its shoes. And Mm. in this case, it's worked a fucking treat. But in reality, the rest of the country just learned to hate anti-vaxxers that little bit more, proving they really are the worst people on the planet. Just the 
fucking worst. And while that anti-vaxxer lie was exposed, it didn't stop the farrago of lies. And last week, the media featured interviews from COVID patients in ICU who had, who had agreed, that consented to be filmed to tell their stories and urge people to get vaccinated. I watched the interviews on the Australian website, but they featured prominent, prominently in television news services, uh, commercial networks, ABC, SBS. Yeah, Facebook, all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was it's all over it was wide coverage, and uh, and I think it was a very necessary telling of an important message. They, these people were not old; these these people were sort of you know young and middle aged, and an assortment of people really. And, yeah, and and telling us an important message from people who really do know what it's like to get COVID. Yeah, and it. so important was it, of course. You know, so so such a sort of coherent, cogent, persuasive message, and effective. That, yeah, that's right. That anti-vax, anti-vax has pronounced it fake and, yep. and the patients are genuinely struggling uh, on the footage to overcome COVID infection weren't struggling at all. They were the anti-vaxxers said, actors, crisis actors. Yep. Prominent anti-vaxxer and, and one of Australia's finest idiots, Dave O'Neegs, posted images of the critically ill patients and then linked them to talent agency profiles of actors and comedians. One problem... The patients didn't look anything like the crisis actors from the talent agency. Just nothing fucking like it. Like you can compare their noses. It's just they're not the same person. Noticeably different. Not the same person. But that didn't stop the small army of citizen journalists and assorted weirdos contacting hospitals with dreary inquiries asking for the actors by name. Yeah, they called hospitals and when the hospital refused to give the name, they said that was proof. Proof. It was. Dude. Hey, you, you call yes, a hospital. Yes. Have you ever seen an action movie? You never call a hospital and expect them to just randomly give you the name of a fucking patient. In any event, there's a pandemic on. Medical staff are up to their eyeballs in treating the sick, and you want to waste their time with your their fucking insane conspiracies. Just the worst people. The whole thing was rumbled in minutes. Sensible people. Thankfully, there are more of us than the twisted anti-vaxxers got to learn, and not for the first time, one immutable truth. Anti-vaxxers lie all the time. Amen. So look, this segment is a new one, and I already don't like it. I'm getting a little something out of it, Joe. So somewhere deep in the Schadenfreude zone. So yeah, on, please. Looking up people who died with the simple regret of having fallen for the anti-vax line and paying for it with their lives well, is yeah. actually a bit sad. It is a bit it sad. Is sad. But still, it provides a window into a very real future that a lot of us are about to confront. It's going to happen a lot. We're about to let rip in our country. This is happening. And most of our listeners would know at least one person who is viciously anti-vax and also has a really good reason to get vaccinated. I mean, look, tons of anti-vaxxers out there, but certain people are a little more vulnerable than others. I mean, my mother, sitting fucking duck. And one of my (laughs) oldest friends, who has been deeply sucked into the cult of absolute bullshit has dog shit lungs that will barely put up a fight against COVID infection and my friends who are listening will know exactly mm. who I'm fucking talking about. So worry. Yeah. The lessons we're learning from across the pond for the countries that let rip some time ago are stark and really quite sad. Yeah, we kick off with Phil Valentine. Uh, Phil is, well, was past yes. tense, I'm afraid. A conservative tense. radio host in Nashville 
which is an absolutely ridiculous town that after several vaccinations, you should all visit. Great place. Fantastic place. Great place. Phil was a COVID sceptic and vocal anti-vaxxer. In December, he tweeted, I have a very low risk of A, getting COVID and B, dying of it if I do. Why would I risk getting a heart attack or paralysis by getting the vaccine? Well, I can just see a few problems with your mathematics there, Phil. <laughs> it didn't work out well. He also recorded a parody song called Vax Man, like, you know, Tax Man, mocking the vaccine. Oh, um, oh, that sounds oh, awful. It's <laughs> just aging so badly. We shouldn't be mourning him too much for that alone. Yeah, well, I mean, that's it. Like, this is where you realise what Weird Al Yankovic has actually brought to the, you know, the cultural parade because <laughs> to do that well is actually the, quite difficult. The hideous cost. It's... <laughs> Just so bad. So Valentine's brother said Phil regretted not being more pro-vaccine and that if he got back on radio, he would encourage more people to get vaccinated. The station actually said on his behalf, Phil would like for his listeners to know that while he has never been an anti-vaxxer, he regrets not being more vehemently pro-vaccine and looks forward to being able to more vigorously advocate that position as soon as he is back on the air which we all hope will be soon. Station said that and that uh, that's pretty sad because he was yeah. confident of this. He was actually he was feeling pretty good. He's saying, and I quote, unfortunately for the haters out there, it looks like I'm going to make it. I mean, how, how much sympathy does that elicit? He said, interesting experience. I'll have to fill you in when I come back yeah, on the air. It's not that bad, you know. It's I'm not that hoping bad. that will be tomorrow, <laughs> but I may take a day off another just day. as a precaution. If you don't mind me just having another day. He just, he just, he died. He didn't make it back to radio because he fucking died. He the died. family said that he fought hard, but he was unable to beat the disease. Just yeah, he did flip uh, at, uh, I guess, you know, minutes to midnight in terms of his just. infection. But, uh, yes, look, uh, we got another one here. Todd Tucker is a conservative radio host. <laughs> bit of a um, bit of a trail of this, uh, Joe. A conservative radio host who died at 60. He fell for the big lie about vaccines and spent his time on radio convincing his listeners of the same. He called vaccinated people lab rats mm. without realising he too is a lab rat. He's just in the, the other group, the control group. Yes, which seems to have a much higher fatality uh, rate, unfortunately. He died from COVID complications, of course. He didn't seem to get a chance to mutter his last words of regret. It's hard to know if he even would have chose differently. Like, going by the statistics I've seen on vaccination and hospitalisation, he would be alive today if he made different choices, which is kind of sad. He's probably a yeah. prick, but it's still sad. Yeah, conservative radio commentators are dropping like flies uh, in the US at the moment. Dick Farrell, another one uh, who we have actually mentioned before in the podcast, dead at 65. Mark Bernier. 65-year-old conservative radio commentator gave up his fight with COVID within hours of his podcast being recorded. Bernier was an anti-vaxxer before it was cool and refused to get the jab. Another preventable death from COVID. Dropping like flies, these conservative radio commentators, Joe. They are, they are. Looking up these deaths online... The comments sections are pretty much what you'd expect. There's people thumbing their noses and laughing at the dead and not many people turning up to say, oh, but, you know, maybe he was right. There's a whole natural selection, blah, blah. Mm. It's not actually very nice. No, it's not. There's even a subreddit dedicated to this now, which is the Herman Cain Award, r slash Herman Cain Award. And there's also a matching Twitter hashtag. If you want to look that up, it's, it's a bit brutal. The thing is, we've got to remember, these people are victims too. These idiots do have blood on their hands, being conservative commentators on the radio, mm. but they died by their swords. They fucking believed it because they're rubes. 
Well, I mean, some of them had, you know, the Minister Midnight conversion, but well, um, it, it, it fucking late. It's not something we look forward to. That, that, I think that's what you're saying, Joel. It's not something we look forward it's to. It's not something to say we that. necessarily relish, but it's important like, to look at these people because they have been pushing a line. That the, the difference between an anti-vaxxer and a vaccine-hesitant person or a person who's unsure about vaccination is basically that. It uh, is. That you, you, you are a person who seeks to persuade other people not to get vaccinated. Yeah. That's Which is, the, the working definition I use of an anti-vaxxer. The thing and these that guys makes, all did. You know, the thing that they, makes me pissed off is those who get vaccinated – like Tucker Carlson is probably vaccinated, but then instills doubt in others. These yeah, are the scumbags. Well, I think that's that's the next level of of, uh, of darkness and hypocrisy. But, but these guys died in the hill. Yeah, they, yeah, these guys, these guys died in the hills. I suppose it's right, but they're victims too. Tucker Carlson, not a victim. I don't know that they are. I, I, I don't put them in that category. I, I, I put Fair. them. I put them in the category of influencers. And, and I think idiots. if you're an influencer, you know, basically. All bets are off. Yeah, I reckon that's fair. Well, look, me personally, I find it hard to see these guys as the the perpetrators considering the fact that if they didn't believe in it, they would have got the vaccine. They didn't. They died for their cause. But either way, pour one out for these idiots. I know I'll be drinking to them right now because they didn't necessarily deserve to die from a ventral disease just to own the libs on Twitter. <laughs> it's just sad. No, it's right, just a right, waste right, of we'll, life. We'll, We'll raise a glass. We'll raise a glass. Perplexing job, deeply troubling, and it makes me wonder, why don't they ask Peter Evans? Get Peter in to give him the lowdown with his brand, brand Pete. Then I think Pete couldn't do it. He's just too busy. He's got too much on. It's getting to the point where it is humanly impossible to have so much on in any given week. We need to step back and listen in quiet awe and in deep admiration for a man who has the biggest weeks in this week's week. In Pete Evans. So it has been a huge, huge. week for Pandemic huge. Pete, who's found himself trending on Twitter again yeah. after an old photo resurfaced of him wearing a shitty yellow T-shirt <laughs> that says fake virus, deadly vaccine. Yeah. This photo is from like a year ago. Yeah, it was. But it rehashed the fairly satisfying calls that Pete Evans is indeed a complete piece of shit <laughs> and should be disregarded as a voice of any sort of reason, having given up his place in the Australian celebrity milieu to spread shitty misinformation about COVID and general conspiracy theories. I mean, just sharing Tucker Carlson's enough to get you disqualified. His fake virus deadly vaccine vibes have cost him a lot. Yeah. I mean, endorsements, book deals, okay. TV spots, the whole deal. Okay. And while Pete has made a decent little living of selling overpriced retreats and, you know, selling Dave O'Neill's loose durries, he's always on the lookout for new yeah, opportunities. Yeah. Enter the healthy patch. He's got an eye now, for it. He's a real entrepreneur. He is. He's preneuring all over the place. So thanks to Block by Pete Evans for unearthing this one, it would appear that product placement Pete is down but not out when it comes to flogging nonsense to his flock of sheep. He's coming back. For the bargain price of $97, you can have Pete tell you, how to dig a hole in the ground and put seeds in it. I know. <laughs> I didn't see the price tag, though. I mean, I looked at it and went, you, you fucking grifter. You were, te you were, teaching, Mate. You were teaching people agriculture. I mean, let, let's, not, let's not dismiss this. You know, he... <laughs> 
<laughs> reintroducing for a, for a modest fee uh, the ability for humans to grow their own food. And I, but Jack, but Jack, it's two thousand dollars of the value. <laughs> It's two thousand dollars of the value back. Yeah, yeah. I'd really like to see how that valuation worked. But you should look at the breakdown. It's really funny. This includes an exclusive Facebook community valued at three hundred ninety-seven dollars. It's going to value a text to a Facebook page. I'm not fucking kidding. I'm not kidding. Like I'm starting to think that maybe we need to start paywalling the ship posting group. Oh man, uh, that'll be three fifty. Thanks. It's valued at three ninety-seven, but we're going to give it to you for three fifty today, yeah. but only today. <laughs> Otherwise, we bump it back up to retail. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh so, wow. Payroll Pete is. Back on the he's cabbage back. patch cash after finding a company that still thinks he's a good thing to be affiliated with, <laughs> despite all those Nazi issues and the Holocaust denial oh, and all man, the hubbub around that. It wasn't good. It actually terrifies me who their target market is. I mean, it, it is quite concerning that now when someone who sells healthy patch ebooks for people who want to grow vegetables, they think, oh, Nazis. I'll go with Nazis. That's good. <laughs> But let's face it, look, if you think an exclusive Facebook community retails at $397, maybe Pete Evans is your kind of guy. Mm, yeah. And you have been listening to the Condition Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throws us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with RK. We've set up a Facebook page, which you can find fairly easily, but promoting a podcast is easier said than done. I've got all of my family listening. My sister likes it and she's a respected journalist. Walkley award-winning Jess Hill thinks this is good, therefore you have to like it, but you also need to share she's it hor- and enjoy the virtue. She's horribly, of she's horribly biased, of course, John, but anyway. <laughs> she's not biased at all. She's, she's being very impartial. Well, she's, she's very pro-Hill. <laughs> and finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the Conditional Release Program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if you're attempting to invalidate vaccine mandates through non-existent constitutional mechanisms. Yeah. Wow. It's going to fill up my letterbox. The only goals <laughs> you miss are the ones you don't take. How about it? Yeah, just apply for the high court. You might get leave. You might not. Why not? So don't forget, don't forget we're going to have a trivia night this the earlier. 1st of September. Yeah, That's the one. Yeah. It's, activities. It's great, activities. It's going to be great. Fun it's activities. <laughs> there will be prizes and whatever. Check the Facebook yeah, page for the event of details and we'll see you all there. I'll only be popping in because uh, Joel and I are still talking about my appearance money. (laughs) (laughs) One day, one day. Thanks, listeners. See you next time. See ya. See you then.